What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Show about sports. I'm your host, Griffin Proc. And as you know, we have a lot of football to talk about this week. You clicked on it because you saw the title, or you clicked on it because you wanted to listen to me for an hour. I don't know. Either or, it's the QB check-in. It's time that we have some film on the field. We're four weeks in, heading into week five. We're panicking. We're loving it. We're everywhere else in between. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to be highlighting the quarterback specifically because at the end of the day, they're the most important position on the field. So I'm going to give my takes, my opinions, things I'm seeing out there. Agree, disagree, whatever. Like the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friend about it. And follow me on threads. I'm on threads. That's the Twitter for people that don't know. Essentially of Facebook, Meta, Instagram, whatever. That's where I've launched all my hot takes and opinions that I get out there before I launch my shows, uh, essentially. So if you haven't already followed me there, Griffin underscore proc. I really appreciate it. Now, let's keep this intro short and just start jumping in. Okay, got my notepads out. I was writing some notes all week, wait, week, all weekend, essentially from Thursday to last night's game where the Seahawks ran through the Giants. And I wanted to put together some stats and go through some things. I'm basing this whole list off of essentially week four passer rating, and I'm going to go through the list from top to bottom on that. So and that's the order that I'm going to be discussing these quarterbacks because passer rating is kind of the overall metric that is a combination of a lot of metrics that helps tell you whether a quarterback did well or crappy that week. Essentially, in the 90s, high, low, eight, low 90s, high 80s is like a good QBR or a pass or a quarterback rating. So you're going to see a good mix of good, the bad, and the ugly, etc. So let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into it. And obviously, the first person we're going to be talking about today is Josh Allen. With a rating of 158 this past week, I mean, if we saw anything from Josh Allen, we saw that he he's figuring it out. I mean, we see this every year with him where we're concerned. We go into the year with high expectations, and then he kind of fumbles a little bit. And when I say fumbles, I mean throws interceptions a little bit, gets a little careless, plays a, outside of himself. But when he can reel it in like he did against the Dolphins, you really are excited about them being true contenders. Now, they haven't taken that step, and Josh Allen's going to be the man to have to take them there. But if we see what they did against this Vic Fangio defense that – Everybody in almost overstates at this point is supposed to be really good. He tore that apart. A lot of that schematic, but he has to throw the ball. He has to call the plays. He has to run. Well, not call the plays all the time, but he has to fulfill the game plan essentially on the field. So he deserves all the praise. He got 21 of 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns, only got sacked twice. I mean, that's just a great day against the team that we all had almost number one on some power rankings, which was a little lofty in the Dolphins, but that's where Josh Allen fits out. I'd be excited if I'm Buffalo, but remember, it's an early season. So plenty of time to go there. Number two, a surprising number two for a lot of people because he's always underrated, Lamar Jackson. He finished 15-19, 186 yards passing and two touchdowns. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. He only threw 186 yards? Yeah, because my man stayed within himself and he ran the ball. He ran for two touchdowns and he threw two touchdowns. That is the new NFL. We can't expect every QB to be throwing over 300 yards a game and that being the best case scenario for their team. With Lamar Jackson, we want him to use his legs and his natural born ability to see the field really well. And that's how you tear apart a defense like the Cleveland Browns that have been to- like tossed around as one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. And so for him to just kind of dismantle them, beat them 28 to three, that's just what you want to see. I mean, 
that there it's a it's a really strong secondary and up front and they kind of have a a middle of the field issue linebacker etc and they were able to exploit that with lamar jackson there so i'm really hyped that he had a really good game with a rating of 142 there so really good for him number third on the list again another underrated underdog mr irrelevant brock purdy he's no longer mr irrelevant 20 of 21 passing i mean wow Yes, it was against the Cardinals, but 20 of 21, 283 yards, touchdown, only got sacked once. Here's what he did. He didn't lose them the game. And here's what his team did. Christian McCaffrey looked like himself from 2016 and was just jumping over dudes, bouncing off of guys, and just he won them the game, and then their defense held it together against the Cardinals and is honestly probably the scariest defense in the NFL. So... Brock Purdy, again, you're supposed to be a game manager, and that's what he is. So I don't understand why people are mad that he's not throwing it like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen when not all quarterbacks are meant to do that. In offenses like the Kyle Shanahan offense, the goal is to just run the offense, and that's what he's doing. If Patrick Mahomes was on the field for Kyle Shanahan, yeah, the plays would be a little bit different, but that's how good of a head coach he is, and that's how good of a player Brock Brock Purdy is in terms of listening and just following directions, essentially. So... I'd be terrified of this team. They put up 35 points, and he only threw one of those touchdowns. Let that sink in. So if he can be even a little bit better, they're going to beat teams by 30. So that puts Brock Purdy at number three. Again, these are not my rankings. These are passer ratings based on last year. I'm just going through best performance to worst performance, et cetera. So when I say this next name, you're going to be like, hold up. I mean the next two names, really. You're going to be like, hold up. These aren't the best. Again, just hit that 10 second back button and just hear what I just said because this is not the power rankings of quarterbacks right now up next is Mr. Unlimited Unlimited himself let's ride Russell Wilson man 31 to 28 we kind of call him the comeback kid this week after coming back and beating the Bears again the Bears 21 of 28 223 yards three touchdowns he was looking like the Russell Wilson of old in the second half really brought his team back and that's you can't knock him for it He's super positive. I mean, we can all try to be a little more positive in our lives like he is. He's only almost too optimistic, doesn't really let the rubber meet the road and get a little fired up, but, man, you can't knock him for always being who he is. And he helped them win that game. And it was just starting to look like a it's, – it's still a blow-it-up season, but now that you're 1-3 and, and the Giants are 1-3 now, you kind of are like, wait, the Giants were a playoff team last year and the Broncos were like one of the worst teams in the NFL. So narratives you're going to notice are going to start to change about the Broncos if they can get another win. Or if the good teams like the Giants and the Vikings that were supposed to be better than they are are losing some more. So Russell Wilson did what he needed to do, got it done. Nothing much more to report there because, again, it was against the Bears. Number five, the opponent of Russell Wilson this week, Justin Fields. Now, I have a big issue with this because Bears fans are very loud, and that might just be because I follow people that are very loud. And, I mean, I just feel like even the national media is insane, and we're saying things that doom this from the start. People looked at Justin uh, Fields like uh, Jalen Hurts, where he has the ability to move and can develop the throw this year, really take that next step. Because last year he was running insane, like a Lamar Jackson-style runner. But when did we decide that his arm was going to get as good as Jalen Hurts' arm or as Lamar Jackson's arm? 
That's the problem. We set him up to be an MVP frontrunner, which should have never been his ceiling this year. It's just ridiculous. After the first half, they were up by 15, 20 points, and people were saying he was nearly perfect by throwing a 90% completion uh, percentage and no, no interceptions, no issues. Then he finished the game with four touchdowns, one pick, over 335 yards, and they still lost. There's more that goes into a quarterback than great stats. As we saw with Lamar Jackson only throwing 19 times for an NFL quarterback, there's so much more that goes into it. It's not just him. It's a lot of play calling. He's taking sacks. He's not getting sacked. Again, I talked about that last week for anybody that heard that. That's a big issue. He's got to get it out, and they got to scheme his players open because he can't see the field very well right now in his career, and so the, the, the playbook needs to be shortened. It needs to be... A, to a, a, B, C, no D. Like, just one, two, three reads and go from there. That's my opinion as not a play caller in the NFL. But from what I'm seeing, he's just standing there too long and is, like, being told not to use his legs. If it's not there, move. Just go. Get that five yards. Like, it's like a run, essentially. Do a pass play on first down and run with your quarterback. That's what Philly does. That's what uh, Baltimore does. That's even what the Bills do with Josh Allen. So, They ended up losing. He had a great passer rating. And again, if you listen to my fantasy rankings last week, I told you a sleeper to start this week was Justin Fields. And he put up one of the best point totals in the league. So shout out everyone that kept him on their bench. That's your fault. All right. You know, it's your fault. (laughs) All right. Number six on the list. Another surprising name. Again, this is just based on one week, but this man has been consistent all year. Baker Mayfield, Mr. Colin Cohort told him to retire. Uh, after this offseason, seeing one clip of him missing one of those targets in practice. And I always thought that was ridiculous. And you know who really thought that was ridiculous? My brother. And he was the most right about this, so I have to give it to him. But Baker Mayfield defeated the New Orleans Saints that people were saying are NFC championship contenders because of how weak the NFC is. I might add the NFC is looking a little stronger than we thought. But he went 25 for 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, only one sack against a defense that we think is very stout and can really hold it together as we've seen. But maybe we're a little bit overemphasized overemphasized on that after who they've played so far this year. Are we really convinced the Saints are all that? Because I'm not. And we'll talk about their quarterback as we go down the line. He's a little banged up, but we might need to start changing the narrative there. But Baker Mayfield deserves all the props in the world. I mean... This man loves the game. You can't knock someone that loves the game and is going to play hard. He went into this year with negative expectations, and now they're 3-1. and one. Number 10 on my power rankings in terms of just teams overall. I got a lot of flack for that, by the way. I think it's crazy that you can win games and yet your team as a whole isn't in. I think that's why people are like mad because I put Baker Mayfield in the top 10. But, hey, it's a power ranking. It changes every week. But Baker Mayfield great game I think he's a perfect game manager for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their strategy was the tank when I say their strategy maybe their you know management was wanting to tank but the coaching staff and the players are not tanking they're playing their heart outs and I love to see it in a weak NFC as they say up next is Jalen Hurts he continues to take care of business I mean they beat Washington in overtime 35 to 31 it was a shootout It was a defensive performance for the Eagles that they'll like to forget, but that's what happens in divisional matchups. It kind of goes out the window, but Jalen Hurts kept his composure, 25 of 32, 319, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and got sacked three times. I mean, 
you take that all day. Stats are stats, but if you watch the game, he didn't make any mistakes and he kept you in the game, took care of business, and people are, again, underrating the Eagles. They're one of the only two teams undefeated left in the NFL, and yet the people are putting them, my, myself included, as fourth or fifth or even higher on power rankings. And I think it's just a knock on Jalen Hurts again. They just don't think they can repeat it. This was too close of a game for them. I don't know what it is, but they took care of business. So Jalen Hurts is my guy. I, I've always loved Jalen Hurts, which he was, you know, getting more praise for what he's doing. But maybe this is good for him. The praise would be to, would be negative for his development. So I'll, I'll keep him where he's at. Right there, a great week for the Eagles. Now, rookie of the year candidate which I'm bummed because I said no QB is going to win the rookie of the year this year, but it's kind of hard for them not to because everybody loves giving QBs awards, especially in this field. But CJ Stroud took care of, these were my notes, took care of two defenses we thought were good with a random assortment of weapons and a run game that opens the passing. You can't underestimate the run game opening the passing. And I mean that. Damian Pierce is huge for his development. If you cannot run the ball, you cannot pass. What did we learn from the Giants versus the Seahawks last night? They couldn't run the ball, so Daniel Jones couldn't throw the ball. That's how it's it's one and the same. I do I am not one of those guys that is like, we don't need to run the ball anymore. You need to. Saquon not being there was important, and their O-line being bad was important. And that's what if we the opposite we saw with CJ Stroud. They've now taken out the uh Jacksonville Jaguars, who we thought were legit, and then the overhyped Pittsburgh Steelers. He went 16 to 30, 306, two touchdowns, no picks, which what you thought was his issue was throwing picks. And I'm not saying it's not, but he held it together for a 30 to 6 win. He looked like a professional. He looked like he belonged. And we all knew that he was probably the most ready of the three. Bryce Young, Bryce Young has his physical state going against him in terms of his size and his ability to you know see with these players kind of like what we're knocking two of four at the beginning so I'm not worried about Bryce and like Russell Wilson etc but then Anthony Richardson is so raw he just doesn't didn't get a lot of time in college but CJ Stroud has been at the top of his game since high school and has gotten all the reps at Ohio State so I'm not surprised that he's piecing it together on a coaching staff that if you remember I said D'Amico Ryans is going to be a great coach I mean he's from the Shanahan tree so there's going to be a lot of similar principles even though he's a defensive minded coach so shout out Stroud I'm glad they're making these big wins against teams that are supposed to be borderline playoff teams and now Jacksonville and Pittsburgh you look back in the year and you lost a game or two to to the Texans who are definitely not eyeing a playoff spot, but hey, if they keep up what they're doing, you never know. You never know. Okay, up next, Dak Prescott, number nine on the list of passer rating this year, dismantled the Patriots. I mean, he dismantled them, but also their their defense dismantled them. He threw 34 times for only 261 yards. What that tells me is it's just a lot of safe plays. There's not a lot of deep balls. And if you watch the game, he didn't take a lot of risks because he didn't have to. They got up and they took care of business, were able to run the ball a lot. Took a couple sacks, but that's classic with Dak. He's not as movable in the pocket. But their defense, I mean, they took care of <laughs> the Patriots. The Patriots are about to blow it up. That's their thing. They even had Cooper Rush come in the game. You know, he got some two tosses for... Uh, two, two for two on his uh, scorecard. So people are going to talk about Cooper Rush needing a starting job after that garbage time. So Dak Prescott, again, kind of in that Lamar Jackson state. He's not losing you games. He's winning you games. So stop the slander on him. Yes, he has a good defense, but yes, the, so does Lamar Jackson have a good de- You need one in the same. 
No good team is just all offense. And we're kind of seeing that with the Dolphins. You, you're your offense is only going to get you so far. We're seeing that in college football. I mean, USC almost lost to Colorado because their defense couldn't, is allergic to tackling, like Joel Klatt says all the time on his podcast. So, Dak Prescott, their defense is insane, and Dak Prescott is honestly doing way better than what the preseason like negativity was about him. So, that's my check-in on Dak. Number 10, Trevor Lawrence. Meh. I was going to panic if they lost back-to-back weeks and I was worried about this, like, you know, a broad game going. But they they took care of business. I mean, he had a decent game. Let's go through the stats here. 23-7 to total against Atlanta. 23 of 30, 200, a little over 200 yards, one touchdown, two sacks, no interceptions. I mean, I feel like the Jaguars as a whole are kind of sleepwalking this year. They almost lost to Indy. They lost to the Chiefs. They got slaughtered by the Chiefs. They lost to the um, – um, to the Houston Texans and then if Desmond Ritter just didn't play awful Atlanta could have been in that game because their offense is so potent so I know people are like Trevor Lawrence is you know that next up and I believe he is but I don't I don't know I'm not loving the demeanor from that team right now especially a team that a lot of people were like that's a dark horse for an AFC team so I don't know I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm not liking the energy out of Jacksonville and not specifically out of Trevor. I need him to like step up as that neck, like kind of what he was in Clemson, like just lead, you know, you're old enough now you, you have the locker room. So that's that. And then number 11, the surprise kid of the week. And this is going to be the best. We're talking about a player that lost Zach Wilson, best passer rating of his career. Is that crazy? He threw the ball 39 times, almost the most out of any QB last week. 28 of 39, 245, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Does that sound like a Zach Wilson game? Doesn't to me. So I'm hyped for the kid. I mean, he not only had to go through an offseason of not getting any more reps and just watching Aaron Rodgers and was told to learn from Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, hey, when you're in his position, do you really think you're going to see the field? Do you really think he was mentally locked in all offseason? Yeah, Hard Knocks made it seem like that, but, you know, he's kind of a jokester. He's just hanging out. You know you know how he is. So I'm not surprised that it's taking him a little bit to get up to speed. And their O-line is bad, so that's not going to help his development. But I'm proud that Robert Sala stuck by his side, and they only lost to the Chiefs by three. And those stat lines, that stat line is great. If that was against any Tier 2 team, they would have won that game. So... I think Zach Wilson and the Jets are going to be not dangerous, but I think they're better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, like a team like that where you're, we have such, if you flip the expectations a little bit, you would, if you put Zach Wilson on Pittsburgh, you would think a different way. But for whatever reason, we've decided to crown Kenny Pickett as he's got something because they went on a win streak last year. Football is all about momentum, and the Jets kind of built that this week, and Pittsburgh's been losing that. I know it's a weird janky example and you guys are probably going to chew me up for that, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> Next up, Joshua Dobbs. They lost to San Francisco as we talked earlier. We're, we've now headed into the tier where we're going to see losses on. That's how kind of why passer rating is a good stat because if you have a good passer rating, you usually win the game. And now we're going to head into teams that have lost or quarterbacks that just didn't play as great and their team scraped by or in Geno's case, they just dominated on defense. So, 
Joshua Dobbs, they lost 35 to 16, as we already know. He put up 28 of 41, 265, and two touchdowns. 41 throws. I'm pretty sure that was the most throws out of any quarterback. And he also takes the most hits out of any quarterback. That man's getting lit up, and then he bounces back up like somebody like pulled his shoe shoelace or something. Like it's crazy. And no interceptions. My man is prone to not throwing interceptions. I know that was a terrible way of saying that, but you know what I mean. Arizona's trying to tank. I mean, I thought, and Joshua Dobbs is like, nah, hold my beer. They would have beat the Giants. I mean, we'd be thinking about Arizona a little differently. They're kind of in that Titans category where I just don't want to play them because on a, on a weird week, they could catch you off guard because Joshua Dobbs is going give to give it his all. He deserves this opportunity. He is definitely needs to be in the league, you know, on a, at least a backup role on a good team. I think he could really help if someone were to go down. Like I bet, you know, Dallas, if they had him as a backup, they'd be pretty hyped, kind of like a Cooper Rush and a, a Trey Lance there. So Joshua Dobbs, great game for him. Can't really say he did anything special though, but he definitely kept them against a stout defense in the game. So that is that. Okay, Ryan Tannehill. One week, this is my note. One week, I'm like, he's good. And then the next, I feel like he's running out of steam. The Bengals have problems. And, and so have, we're having more problems than Tannehill. And so I just don't, like, I can't take this win and be like, yeah, Tannehill won them that game. And did he, has he won them any of the games other than like the Chargers game, I think. That's what I mean. Like, he looked good there. This game, I'm like, eh, Cincinnati has so much going on. They won 27-3. to they have a good defense. They held him off, and he did, what was it, 18-25, 240 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I don't know. I feel like he just lost that that it factor that he had a couple of years ago when he took the Titans far, and I, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure in the locker room. That's getting to him. He's getting a little bit older, too, where he's kind of maybe like, hmm, is it worth it anymore? I don't know. Is this team really got the juice to go anywhere? I don't know. It's got some weird vibes going on there. So I don't know what to take from him. I'm cautiously optimistic that the Titans will be around in the in the picture later, but I don't know if it'll be because of his uh, skill. But maybe they just need a couple good games out of him to keep it going because we know he, he has it in him. So that is Ryan Tannehill. Anthony Richardson coming up next, the raw rookie, 29 to 23 loss to the Rams, 11 of 25, 200 yards and two touchdowns. That's just ugh, only 11 completions. They did put up 23 points, but ugh, that's what we're talking about on the raw aspect of his game. He's not completing a lot. They also scheme him to run more than I like. It's kind of like that Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts effect where we're just running our quarterbacks a little bit more. And I just think in his stage, we know he can run but we need to develop that arm because he just doesn't have all those reps. Like with Lamar Jackson, he had those throwing reps in college as well as the running reps. But Anthony Richardson, one-year starter, and then he's in the league. It's just we need to get him some more looks, you know? And so I said, still working on his, uh, still working out the kinks and how to win in tight games because that's what this was. I mean, it almost like they had a chance to win that game and upset the Rams if that even makes sense. And so – for them to not be able to pull it out, it's more of a positive to Stafford than it is to Anthony Richardson, a negative. So we'll leave it at that. Then Sam Howell, the people that everyone wrote off after they got dismantled by the Bills, probably the second or third best team in the NFL right now, went toe-to-toe with Philly. 
of stout defense. So they went back-to-back weeks against stout defenses, and they showed up. Maybe Eagles' defense just didn't show up, but I want to believe that Sam Howell put it together, and it looks like it. 29-41, 290 yards, a touchdown, took five sacks. We've got to get that ball out of his hand, block for him a little bit more, but if you watch the game, you're not upset. He is a gunslinger. He's not scared of his arm. He's not scared of tight windows. He will throw it. And he's finally getting his weapons involved a little bit more. And the scheme that Vietnam is uh, whipping up is just better. So Sam Howell is going to be a week-to-week guy. People are going to say one good thing about him this week, another bad thing last the next week. And I kind of think of it as like the Kenny Pickett. Sorry to keep going back to the Steelers, but the Kenny Pickett last year, we were like, He has something after that slow start, and that's kind of what I feel like with Washington. They've been consistent the whole time. Yes, they've been in every game except for one, and so let's give it some more time with this kid. I mean, he's just starting out. Okay, up next is Geno Smith, 24-3 dismantling of the New York Giants. If you watch Barstool Sports or all those uh, betting gurus that they have over there they told you to responsibly put as your life savings on the giants i don't know if it's because they're diehard giants fans or what but i <laughs> what what have the giants shown you all week or not all week all year Geno smith only did 13 for 20 110 yards he got sacked taken out of the game for a little bit drew lock came in and did his thing for only two of six so And then we just ran and our defense scored like we didn't have to do too much. It was a run heavy scheme and that's what the Seahawks want to do. So I take this as a solid Geno win. And yeah, you might be saying you're a stand for the Seahawks. You just love them so much. That's why. No, I'm being fair. They put together what we've been saying. I was worried after the Rams loss and how Geno looked, but we pieced it together with all backups on our O-line everybody's hurt and Geno is putting it together and our run defense is putting it together. So, I mean, our run offense. So Gino, solid game. I love the energy. He's he's not taking any prisoners this year. He's a little bit fired up, and he's not going to just let people push him around or treat him like a like a charity case after last year. People were like, oh, that was so cute of Gino doing well. No, he's here. He's that guy. He's him, as Stephon Diggs would say. So, yeah, proud of you, Gino. Keep it up, man. And that then heads us over to the other side. Uh, on the younger spectrum here, we got uh, Bryce Young. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings. The battle of the mid, as we discussed on last week's call. <laughs> last week's call. Last week's podcast. They beat, They lost to the Minnesota Vikings 21-13. to Probably your just most average scoring game. 25 of 32. 204 yards. Five sacks. No touchdowns. No interceptions. That's why I called it the battle of the mid. There's just a lot of mid. I don't know what to take of that. You know, it's not good. It's not bad. So you only put up 13 points in the National Football League. That's not going to win you a lot of games. You need to get those. Those are rookie numbers. Got to get those up. So maybe we got to explore the red rocket, you know, make sure that ankle is actually okay for Bryce so he can move around, not get sacked as much, or maybe you just got to get his awareness up. So that is that. Now we're moving into a weird name. You're probably like, why haven't I said this name yet? Well, his passer rating was this far down on the list, Tua Tungvaloa. So... It was bound to happen. The Dolphins were juiced up. Tua was playing out of his mind. And a defense came with a great plan and stopped him. We think about how the Dolphins' schedule has gone so far. They placed the Chargers. They played the Chargers at the best time to play the Chargers at the beginning when everyone's trying to figure things out. The Chargers' defense looked a lot better this week than it did the week prior. 
but it's still nothing to write home about. So they took care of business there. Patriots did tire fire in there. And then they played the Broncos. So they haven't played a good defense and they finally played a defense that was schemed and ready to go. So this is more a shout out to the Bills defensive staff, but also Tua held it together. I mean, 48 to 20 looks bad, but 25 of 35, 282, one touchdown and one interception, four sacks. You're not terribly upset. The sacks came at the worst times. They came on those fourth downs. They came, and I just hate seeing Tua sacked. I mean, I just take the intentional grounding, get it out of your hand because we don't want any injuries. So they just need to find some more big plays. I know they really like the motion and like getting things out horizontally, but that's not going to work when you're down against the Bills. You got to get upfield, but the Bills just played good. This is not bad for Tua. 92 passer rating is not bad. He didn't make a ton of mistakes. They played a good team, but if you're going to play a shootout, you're going to have to produce a little bit more, so we got to scheme up Tua some more things to to work there. Okay, next, Matthew Stafford, maybe the strongest guy in this league. I mean, that man was getting beat up by Indy, and he's beat up every year. I mean, I swear I I could look up a highlight reel of Stafford just being – destroyed and playing through it and leading his team to victory a lot of people say he doesn't got all that juice left like is he going to retire soon yeah maybe but when he's out there he's going to give it his all he might say something in one interview but that man locks in on the field 27 to 40 319 on the yardage one touchdown one pick and two sacks it wasn't pretty but it's a win for a team that doesn't have high expectations you'll take it you'll take it that's all i'm going to leave that at all right, Jared Goff, 34-20 against Green Bay on Thursday night. I want to say good things about Jared Goff, but that game was out of hand early, so he didn't have to really do too much. And that's good, though. Jared Goff having to go crazy scares me sometimes because he doesn't have that Jalen Hurts ability to make a play into something or that arm talent like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes to fling it while running sideways. So 19 of 28, 210, one touchdown, one pick. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. They took care of business, and that's what Goff needs to do. Yes, I'd like more than 19 completions in a game for a team that wants to be, you know, winning Super Bowls. But if you can put up 34 points with only 19 completions, your defense is good. That's all that's telling me. So Jared Goff, nothing bad to say. He played within himself and won them, won them the game and didn't lose them the game, especially in Lambeau. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I wrote, did you like that? Meh, not really. I mean, they won. They won their first game. Let's round of applause for uh, the Minnesota Vikings because some people, I won't name names, but some people put the Vikings in their power rankings in terms of a top 10 team. Yeah, they have some cool names, but are they a top 10 team? Kirk Cousins, 12 of 19, 139, two touchdowns, two picks. So that means he, out of his 12 completions, two more of those were interceptions. Like, oh, I don't I don't like that stat line. And they only put up 21 points, won by a touchdown to Carolina. It was the battle of the mid. It's what we expected. I love Kirk. I still think he's got that juice in him, but I think maybe we need a new situation for him. I think just the Vikings are going in one direction and he might be going another, and that's okay. That's okay. We're only four weeks in, but one and three, we got to start having those conversations. 
All right. Joey B, Joe Burrow, 27-3 loss against Tennessee, 20 of 30, 165, three sacks, no touchdowns, no picks. He just doesn't look like himself. I don't know. I think injuries are tough. And I say that from a person that has had sports injuries, not in football, though, in other sports. It can really throw your mind off, I think, a lot more than the fans give it credit. And so in the most violent sport in the world, I'm not surprised that he's a little iffy on this calf that they're saying is okay, and that might be in his head. I think he really processes what's going on in the world and in the media. And so I think he was, when he got paid and then he was still banged up, he put a lot on his shoulders. And I think that wasn't fair to himself. And I think all of this is him doing this to himself. He's not opening up and just letting him play football. I felt like when Joe Burrow's playing the best, it almost looks like he's in a trans on the field where he's just letting it go and just locked in. But now it, you can really tell he's thinking about everything and he's taking the burden of, you know, the wide receiver room telling him, I'm always open, like throw it to me. And he's, you know, the defense isn't holding up. I mean, 27 points given up to Tennessee. That's not, that's not good. So Joe Burrow, I'm not worried about. But I am a little bit on, do the Bengals kind of throw this year away? Joe Burrow's not healthy. I mean, and then when I say throw this away, it doesn't have to be a true throw away. They could go, you know, 7-10 and 10 and be looking at a, a maybe a playoff spot and getting Joe Burrow healthy. I think that would be a smart move because you just can't let your guy go out there after as many injuries as he has and expect him to do to do much. So, I feel bad for Joey B. Hope he gets okay, gets his mind right, especially because we need to talk about that more in sports because these guys are guys, you know? They got they got feelings out there, so that's that. Okay, Justin Herbert, talk about a guy that battled through injury. I mean, did you see that guy's hand? Um, He was able to make some crucial plays, win that game against the rivals of uh, the Raiders, if you want to call them rivals. 13 of 24, not impressive stats. I mean, he was hurt. Remember that? 167, one touchdown, one interception. I don't really have much comments there. I hope he gets he gets right. He'll be out for a little bit of time resting up. But, yeah, it's the Chargers. I mean, what are we going to what are we gonna say? 500? That'll be a good season. We'll go from there. All right, Jordan Love. He's he's new. He's got five games under his belt. Are we going to decide that when he loses in Lambeau on primetime on Thursday night against a divisional rival that he's done? Every single great quarterback ever has done that. Yes, he made mistakes. He went 23 of 36, 246 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, a lot of which came early. Five sacks came early. That's what got them out of the game and they had to battle back, and that's just something for a new guy to learn. They have to learn how to be in big games, and that's what we have knocked a lot of great players amongst the years. Like you think of Kirk Cousins specifically. Think of Ryan Tannehill. You think of even like Phillip Rivers, these guys that just couldn't take that next step and get their team over the hump. And so I think Jordan Love still got it. I don't write this game off. They have a lot of injuries, and I think Detroit's good. Detroit's a top 10 team and the Packers are top 15 maybe, maybe even a little bit higher in terms of the other direction. So Jordan Love, I'm not writing it off. Let's just, let's go from there. And then next up we have Derek Carr. Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints, new place, new house, fresh start. 26 to nine loss to Tampa. 
23 of 37, 127. 37 attempts for only 127 yards? That just doesn't feel right. Statistically, that doesn't feel right. And I just, what are we doing? Throwing it downfield to Kamara for a couple dump-offs? Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. And if you own Kamara in uh, fantasy football this week, you were happy because he was catching and running. It was awesome. And I told you guys to do that, by the way, if you listen to the other pod. But it doesn't change the fact that that was weird. And I just think we need to start changing the narrative about Derek where we got really high on him like three years ago where we were like, yep, he can change your franchise. And maybe three years ago he could have. Like that was his peak of his powers. But I'm just worried just, you know, his tenure is coming to a close in in the NFL. I don't know. It could be coaching. It could be a lot of things. I think he's a great competitor. But Tampa is not incredible but they have a good defense and that showed when you can throw 23 times uh 37 times and only get 127 yards so there's that and then last but not least is well actually not last but not least two more this stats these stats that i'm going through are just the top 30 there are some random like derrick henry's on this list for a throw Taysom hills on this list for a throw so there are some non-quarterbacks on this list Two of which you will have noticed if you've been listening that Aiden Connell of Las Vegas is not on this list and Daniel Jones is not on this list. Now, Aiden Connell, it's a pretty short story here. We watched a couple good preseason games and we're like, this they might have a backup. Yeah, they might, but not no, not when Khalil Mack is sacking you six times. No, you don't. So I'm not even gonna say anything negative about him because it's just <laughs> It was, they were not going to do too much about that, even though they've seemed in that game 24 to 17. But uh, yeah, prayers up to Aiden Connell. Hope he's recovering and icing after that game because he was getting sacked. But you know who really probably needs to ice more is Daniel Jones. I mean, it's 11 times. I don't even know his QBR. I don't even have it or his passer rating. I don't have it. It's got to be in the 30s, right? Ah, I don't know. So. We have to start, you know, having conversations about Daniel Jones, the Giants organization, where they might be drafting. I'm not saying Daniel Jones isn't a starting NFL quarterback, but I'm not not saying that. And yes, he went up against the Seahawks, so I'm a little biased here to be like, yep, it's because you went up against the Seahawks. Again, shout out to me for telling you to put in the Seahawks last week. Waiver wire pickup, they put up the most points in fantasy. I digress. But... It's just the Giants are looking not like they... Last year, they were fun. They were like the Vikings. Like, oh my gosh, they're winning a ton of games. Barely, and now they're in the playoffs. They have the worst point differential. They can't get anything started. And it's not all Daniel Jones's fault, but he can't solve for that. He can't solve for a bad O-line. You know? Geno Smith is solving for a bad O-line right now. Pete Carroll is scheming for a battle line. What does Brian Dable need to do? He was seemingly upset on the sidelines, so maybe it, they just weren't calling the plays in very well. But, man, did not look good. And I know a lot of people were pretty hyped when they kind of were in the game against the 49ers and then came back to beat the Cardinals. But just li- just listen to those statements again and tell me that that makes sense. So, that wraps it up. Rapid fire one by one. I don't know if I'll be doing this forever on the check-ins, but I hope you guys enjoyed it in terms of just getting a full landscape of how these QBs did. 
And I kind of just want to touch on how this all kind of plays out now because we have power rankings that we have to talk about. A lot of people disagreed with my power rankings, but I, I see it how I see it right now. And how I see it is it goes 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, Cowboys, Ravens, Seahawks, Lions, and then the Buccaneers. We've got some borderline teams in the Jaguars, Browns, and Chargers, but a lot of that's going to have to do with health and the ability to win those big close games. So those are the top 10 teams. Those quarterbacks are playing respectfully super well. So, or at least not losing them games in the sense of, you know, the Geno, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott kind of realm. So let me know what you think. And again, if you disagree, let me know. I want to hear it. I want to, I want to go back and forth. It's a good dialogue, but I want to keep this one short. It's just me today. I know you guys heard a lot of me. You probably wish there was a guest. So reach out if you want to join the jump on the podcast and talk sports. Follow me on threads, Griffin underscore proc. And, you know, have a great rest of your week. You know, enjoy the football coming up. And we'll we'll have to keep in touch when, when we see the results of these games. So without further ado, cheers, everyone.